say to people who are watching the show who only see drag a certain way? This person has a mustache and they don't have a bra on, you know what I mean? Who are you? Right. Who died and made you the dictator of what art is? Yeah. Every art form is going to evolve. When they start putting limitations on things, that's not art anymore. I'm non-binary. And I tell people all the time that message me that you can just do whatever you want. Yeah. Like your gender, your assigned body, like if you choose to stay with like default settings, that's all on you. But like that has nothing to do with the character you put on stage. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, something I love, you said this before that uh, your drag character like is just completely non-sexual and you think it's like funny when people kind of sexualize that and character. It gets sexualized so often now. I'm like, <laughs> the... well, I understood Ooh. it in the past because you are a little slutty. <laughs> Mary, who are you? Who are you? Who died and made you the dictator of what artists? Who are hey, you? Who are you? If I was in that interview, I would have been like, wait, what? What? I know. Cause the first time I watched the episode, I was like, oh, oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Um, but then it was this kind of like, so what? Who cares? Who are you? Who are, who are you yeah, to yeah. tell me what so I can't what? wear? Who cares? Uh, what are you talking about? I love about? that, what? yeah. This person has a mustache and no bra on, yeah. so what? Who cares? Who are you? What are you doing coming out here in a mustache and a no bra on and a belt? White makeup white, and a belt. What are you belt? doing out yeah. here in a mustache, white makeup, and a, and a belt? <laughs> no bra yeah, on What are you belt. doing out yeah. here in white makeup, no bra on a belt? Right, yeah, and a mustache. Um, and a mustache. Uh, can, uh, huge congratulations to Dolly for... Basically completing season four and kind of giving us the ending that I, I it felt very satisfying. Um, while I thought anybody in the top four could have taken it, having Dolly, you know, Lucy did die and come back. Having mm. Dolly die and come back and then win, having one of the resurrection monsters win, I think felt very satisfying. Yeah. Dolly's old news, Sig's your girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I, I, I huge congratulations. Yeah, no, I, it's very well yeah, deserved. Absolutely. They they killed it all season, and we we said this. They were doing drag at a very very high level, um, making looks head to toe, very conceptualized, very detailed. I I I thought it was a great ending to the season. Um, granted, I could have said this about any of them. Um, actually, with one exception, because of this finale, um, there's one contestant I was just really disappointed in, um, or disappointed with some of the looks. Um, but uh, with regardless, Dolly winning the crown, the crown of blood, um, carried the problem. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think it made sense. I think if everything comes down to this finale, you know, I, I didn't. Re there was nothing out of place for me. Like I, I think each of the other ones, I could have said, well, yeah. I mean, like overall, obviously, these are all amazing floor shows. But if it's a competition and we're looking at the details, I could say for Saint Siggy and Hoso, maybe less so Hoso than more so Saint and Siggy. I could. It was like, yeah, there were some things that I would have maybe done differently. Um, but I think with Dolly, it was like. I think I wouldn't have done anything differently. I know that Drac thought that the horror look was kind of PG-13. I loved it. I could see ways to make it more rated R, but I didn't. that didn't occur to me to need it. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Oh, totally. I think of Saints look and Resurrection. Mm -hmm. uh, all of that was PG-13. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Yeah, so I, it doesn't have to be, you know you know, in in the paper bag, you know, on the back shelf of the magazines, you know, like it can be 
uh, the cover of Fangoria. I'm fine with that. <laughs> right. And uh, didn't they win that challenge? Uh, I think, yes. Dolly yes, won. I think Dolly did win. Dolly did win and come back. So I don't know what happens yeah, there. I think back. he becomes a comic or he's in a movie or I don't remember. That was many years ago. We've, <laughs> we have covered so many seasons of drag in the last couple of months that I am, I am a little horse. I am just a pony over here. Um, but if you are an only Mary, you know that I was sick the past week or so, not with COVID. I know that's what people, it's all, it's all you can be sick with these days. But um, I did bring the filth this episode. I still have a bit of a scratchy voice. But the point being, we have covered so much drag the past few months. I don't remember what happened, the Dragula or the Fangoria episode. Yeah. You know, I want to talk about this clip of the week a little bit. Um, because it seemed to be it's it's going to be a recurring theme, I think, for a lot of my commentary on this episode. But this idea that the the Dragula on Dragula, they call it an art. They say art is subjective. Drag is art. And with this question to Dolly and Dolly's response, like who died and made you the dictator of what art is? And this consistent kind of um, idea, this thesis that drag is art so whenever you're talking about drag you must be talking about art every art form is going to evolve don't put limitations on it <clears throat> um i wonder what your thoughts are on the drag show at 4 a.m versus the drag show on dragula or the drag show that you know is saying something i mean i want them all to exist i could say that yeah, you know of course. to start like i think there's kind of that, I guess, when you think about, you know, even on Dragula or certainly on Drag Race and, you know, other shows, there's that like, oh, is is drag moving further away from the 4 a.m. get away with anything drag to like family friendly 8 p.m. drag? And I think even even Dragula, like, for example, they had to not show J. Jolie fucking herself with a bone one week. You know, I would have liked, I, you know, as Monique once said, I would like to see it, you know? Um, and so uh, I think I like the idea of, like, for example, I think Dolly is a great example. What Dolly did for the filth or the horror floor shows, the idea of that happening at 4 a.m. is like mm. chocolate and peanut butter. It's the perfect combination. Mm. I'm like, yes, I want to watch this this clown that is – honestly disturbing like really like yeah. oh god uh as as raja once said oh my god and i want to watch at four o'clock in the morning this clown jerking off and hanging himself behind a window and then you know having an explosion of confetti as he, when he comes and dying like i want to walk out of that club at like as the sun is coming up and be like what just happened to me you know what mm. i mean not every night not even every month every couple months but like i want that to exist you know what i mean that so that's i don't know if that's sure. answering your question but that's where i am yeah oh no it uh, it's an answer to the question which it's not uh, uh, you know um i i feel like yes to start with where you started we should have everything um i i i just don't want i don't think that it always has to be performance art I think that you can have just a creepy ass monster up there, um, and and it doesn't have to be anything more than that. 
Yeah, um, I see. Yeah, I, like it doesn't have to be so doing be, doing a performance be, at the Whitney and saying something about you know I don't know immigration. Well, and I think drag, I think drag can just exist as a you know uh, the Boulets doing Jar of Hearts. I think that could be at the Whitney. I think that a drag queen could perform at the Whitney and still be saying something. Um, so when when they call it art, all of a sudden it's capital A art and oh, it has to be elevated. I get it. I do want elevated drag. And I think that drag in and of itself, like even the clowns on RuPaul's Drag Race are they are saying something. They are making people feel uncomfortable. They are making people think, even when it's quote unquote the most basic of drag. So, I, I, I the reason I'm bringing this up is because there was floor shows this week that I think were absolutely amazing, and and I get why maybe the Boulets didn't crown them because it was it was art with a capital A and it, and it doesn't always need to be that it doesn't they said in their deliberation like we want to crown somebody that we could just like have fun with and that that means that there's a flexibility there that means that there's it doesn't always have to be that I mean I think they make a, <clears throat> a really important distinction uh, before they do the crowning of like we're not looking for someone to represent our brand. And I think that that yeah. terminology to or do you represent the brand that like, what does that even mean? It's like, what is that like? Really? Like there's that romantic idea of like drag race or Dragula representing the brand. But like, really, you're on tour across the United States doing your bit. Like, let's not. You know what I mean? But yeah. Totally. And so I think the boulets were kind of like breaking it down of like. This is about we want to go on tour and we want to make sure that like you 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 like to go on tour the way we like to go on tour and you like to put on the shows that we like to put on and that we can all have a good time. It doesn't mean that what you do is what we do, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think that like that's I think that's like just being honest about this, that like when people say like with Drag Race, you know, there's. There's the terminology of, well, now she's the next drag superstar and she's going to take over the world. It's like most of the world doesn't know who she is and there's going to be a new one in four months. You know what I mean? So like it's yeah. it's all very beautiful and flowery, but it's not real. And like you, these queens can these performers can all have impact, but it doesn't have anything to do with winning. And I think this made sense that like what they got down to at the end here was like. If you look at these four people, the concerns with Siggy are that she doesn't really do more than just like her glamour stuff. And this was an opportunity to show more. And she did glamour plus, but we'll talk about that. And with Saint, the challenge was can you be a more high energy, diverse kind of performance performer? Mm. And she didn't really give that. And with Hoso, I don't I think it really came down to Dolly or Hoso. And at the end of the yeah, day, it was agreed. like, well, Dolly was just perfect, and Hoso may have had like one IV bag out of place. You know what I mean? It's really all comes yeah, down and, to. And the other thing that makes me just like not cringe, but also, I don't know, just they're all going to be on yes, tour Yes, they all are already going to be on tour. And when they're performing, no one's going to know whether Saint was fourth or third or second oh, or totally. robbed because she's going to be up there doing her gig, eating cat poop. And totally. we'll talk about that. Yes. Because there's also yes. like, 
you know, and we'll get there, but the impact of that floor show versus even the, uh-huh. like, dollies, I was like, no, I will never forget Saints <laughs> floor show. So, you know, like, it's it's all... I, well, and that, oh my God, the layers of Saints and why it was so uh, brilliant. That uh, Anyway, I can't wait to talk about this top four. And what's also great, because you know what I think about as we're talking about quote unquote art, which and, is subjective, you know, which is subjective. Should we, subjective, let's just make sure yes. we continue the sentiment. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's subjective. But what I, when I think about drag as art, I think about nightgowns and how nightgowns. The had, show, not the thing I'm wearing right now. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And it, it had it, that show has numbers like Hosos or, you know, numbers where you're supposed to kind of like, not yell, Yas Queen Slay. And then you have other ones where, yeah, you're supposed to cheer and you're supposed to be uh, you know, involved. Um it it's it's a lot of different types of art. And that's what I appreciated about not only Dragula, but this finale, is that it we had Hoso's numbers and we had Sigourney's. Yeah, I mean I I'm going to leave that as a deep tease because I would love to maybe set all that up and maybe then go back to the Last Supper and just catch up on that real quick. Oh. Is that? Yeah, um, let's do I think it. We're Mary. setting up a lot of things we want to dive into, but it's like now that we got you hooked, let's go back to the thing we didn't talk about last week, partially because of what I sound like right now. But Colin I was, was sick, sick yes. and you know, and so it was just, and it was just the reunion, which. This is sick. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, my oh, yeah. Came this out, so. is sick. Ugh. Um, <laughs> I love, I mean, listen, I know I've shaded Janet on this podcast, this but is she, sick. she starts two songs. Give me a beat. And this is sick. You can't start a song any better way. Give me a beat. <laughs> this is sick. I mean, I love you, Janet. I really do. Thank you. No, Thank I know. Thank you. It, it's taken months. I hate that one song, but I love lo- Love is about not loving everything, which is a lesson we learned in yeah. this week's floor show. But Ooh. the last supper, we, we did skip over. Um, and I and I know at the, at the time I was like, eh, kind of a light lunch. I watched it again this morning. I would say it was, oh, there's there a was lot. a lot. I, I a didn't lot. realize how many leftovers I had in my back seat. So, um I actually did come home with a lot in, in the, the fridge. fridge. I hope yeah. some of it did not make it to the fridge. So um, the raccoons are eating those. But what did you notice about the uh, Last Supper that you would like to discuss? You know, I, I mean, I think you can't talk about the Last Supper. You can't talk about Dragula without talking about Mary Cherry. And oh, for sure. I thought we got such a such a reminder of the delight of Mary Cherry. I think from her cheerleading and crying on her grandmother's couch. Oh my God. Which, Mary. It was so funny. That was oh, so funny. And God, she's like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. Her joy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. And like, even just that montage of her, of her falling off the chair and laughing through interviews and just like, I think that that was very for someone who you could say got a quote unquote bad edit um, or a rougher edit or whatever. I thought Enough this treatment w- by the fans, yeah, yeah, by the yeah. contestants too. You know, I think this was a reminder of like just to remind you, Mary Cherry gave you a great show, you know, which I think is so. I, I that was my first takeaway is how much I enjoyed revisiting Mary. I just love the little glasses that she had to keep putting oh, on. Oh, God, the glasses, <laughs> the glasses. I am obsessed when Mary puts her glasses on, and I want more glasses in drag. 
I really it do. Was, yeah, no, it was such a little nuance that I loved. Um, the standout breakout star for The Last Supper for me was Coco Kane. Well, certainly. I think Coco, that's the other one who I think shined and really, I mean, if there was a fan favorite BSA, she, oh. she campaigned hard and I think deserves it. Um, I, the reason I'm agreeing with you, it, and I, sh I just need to stop ever going on Twitter. I think Coco's really, she's got a lot of things to respond to on Twitter and got a lot of feelings. And if you just read post after post, you can get into this headspace of like, oh God, Coco, you know, go watch Cake Wars or something, calm down. But like, I get, it's not, I'm just saying that I was reading it this morning and I was like, man, Coco, you're going through something today. Like she was like, just so you know, in 22, I'm, 2022, I'm taking absolutely no bullshit from anyone. And it's like, okay, okay. But that's like 365 days to take no bullshit. And I feel like you're going to miss a day every once in a while. So just don't set yourself up for failure, Coco. But it's, it sounds like Coco gets a lot of critique and hate that she's reading and is focusing only on that. And not yeah. all of the like people are fucking praising the fuck out of Coco. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, that's the thing is I'm like, I'm sure she gets stuff, but like. People love Coco and, you know, it, it's a big deal to last three or four episodes and like shine that much, you know. Oh, God, I and I thought she was going to go far. I fucking loved her. And this Last Supper performance and I say performance because it was on television. But what she was doing, I mean, she, nothing got past her. It was like she no. had all of the receipts all of the points she she put Mary in her place like Mary just like it was like she was a dog with her tail between her legs after Coco put her in her place. Well, yeah, I think a lot about Siggy where it was like, you know, she was like, listen, you just and I, I think Coco kind of helped clarify like I think you don't like, you know, you some people were a little triggered by the fact that she wasn't stumbling she the way. Like you. Yeah, yeah. And, and she doesn't really like you. And I think Sigourney made a great point that I think more people myself included should should take on wholeheartedly of like you don't have to let everybody in mm, you know right like it doesn't mean you're being mean it doesn't mean you're being cold it's just like how many spoons do i got in the drawer and how many mouths am i trying to feed you know like and they feel like it was interesting to kind of see that defended that like yeah we're all sisters but like i i don't need to like i don't need to let you in more than i want to let you in so you know as I, not to get too personal, but as somebody that just moved from Portland back to the East Coast, it sometimes it's just like a culture clash. Like there are times totally. when you just want to you're you just don't fuck with people. You're like, yeah, I don't fuck with you. And you're not supposed to tell them that. Yeah, and I think yeah, with uh -huh. with Coco and Sigourney, they're like, oh, well, we told Mary and Mary's like, why would you tell me that? You know, that's a good point. That's a very good point is like. There's also the matter of like the people that I don't quote unquote fuck with that I don't, you know, I think of like people I used to work with who I was like, oh, nope, there is a wall between us, but we still have to interact. I never told them. I never gave them any indication that I was keeping them at a distance, but like I knew what they had access to. You know, I knew what I told them. And yeah. it's interesting, but in, in you know, uh, this case, it's kind of like as if I'd said to that coworker, hey, just so you know, I'm keeping you at an arm's distance at all times. <laughs> I don't trust you, and I think you're a snake. But listen, I got to quote Mary Cherry when she's like, I mean, you know, I almost died three years ago. I don't have time to be fake. I mean, I didn't almost die three years ago, but like I, I do appreciate from both Mary and Hoso this energy of like, I do not have time yeah. to fuck around right now. Like 
that can be an exhausting way to live all the time, but there is something kind of inspirational about that. Oh, I agree. And what I think is interesting is that Mary at once wants people to be real with her, but, and, and I think that's the thing. Like Sigourney never came out and said, I, I don't want to fuck with you. I don't like you. You know, same with Coco. Mm -hmm. That was Mary's issue is that they just didn't tell her straight up to her face. I wonder though, if push came to shove, if they did say that to Mary, if Mary would have this like, oh, okay, cool. I don't think she would have that reaction. Yeah, I, I think it's such a it's something that people don't do, and so it, it, in general, and so if you do tell someone, hey, I just don't really think we have any connection here, so let's just keep it at a distance. <laughs> right. <laughs> as honest as that is, like it's that's hard to hear, and that can really yeah. like hit somebody's ego. And I think I'd love for I'd love to be able to react with like, okay, cool, no problem. But, like, I wouldn't. I would internalize it for weeks, months, mm -hmm. probably years. Yeah. Right. Right. Not It's it's rejection. Yeah. And some people can't take that. I And some people can. But uh, And who knows how Mary would respond. Um, I want to move on to just, like, the looks. This Christmas-themed, you know, uh, Krampus uh, Last Supper. The winner for me, if I'm going to make this a competition, but the one that I thought was just impeccable was Astrid's. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Oh my God. That reindeer look. I, it was, it was breathtaking, Mary. I mean, there, I think I'm not saying the look wasn't good. I think Astrid is an interesting energy that almost like overwhelms the look that I almost like wasn't even seeing Astrid's look. Oh. Cause I was just like responding to like, and not in a negative way. This isn't negative, but like, Astrid, I could tell, had maybe more story to tell than she was going to be telling on this episode. And I feel like where I think she shined for me, this reunion, was like calling out the very important thing that like preparing for a reality show should not just be learning how to sew and not eating carbs for two weeks. You should get you should Derek. use that use that better help promo from All Right Mary and get yourself some therapy. This is not an ad, by the way, which it sounds like it is. God, I wish it was. This is so good. Um, it's not, I know. But, like, I, I think she makes a good point. Like, if you're to prepare to do one of these things, like, therapy should be top of the list. Oh, yeah. get Just mentally preparing yourself yeah. for what it feels like to be looked at, watched, picked apart. Know what rejected. your buttons are. Know what your uh -huh. nerves are. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's... I just I, like that was just uh, I thought really helpful. And I you know what I actually what I liked about this was instead of, you know, when uh, the Boulets brought up her having that the panic attack uh, before the extermination, I thought, oh, you know, it makes a big difference that they didn't then show us a montage of that. You know what I mean? They didn't exploit the moment. They kind of just like addressed it. Do you know what I mean? Uh huh. Um, instead of like, oh, let's go back and gawk at Astrid, you know, having a panic attack, you know? Right. Yeah. No, because uh, it was a very real moment. I just love this reindeer look. I Mary's out there if you're listening. Like, let me know if I'm alone in this. But this was, I just thought it was gorgeous. It was delicate. It was kind of scary. Um, I thought the eyes were amazing. I, it, just the detail of how the nose was. Ugh, I just loved it. And the other look that I don't know if it really was the intention, but I have to call it out. Bitter Betty, I think, was giving me the Ice Princess from Batman Returns. 
with bats all over tits. I mean, yes. uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, Betty's my goose. I'm happy to see. She, I thought she looked great. Yeah, no. Oh, totally. I mean, that's what I uh, really appreciated about all of the Last Supper looks compared to, let's say, a reunion on that other drag show. Um, all of the looks were so different because there were different monsters represented instead of just gown, glamour, glamazon, glamazon, gown. You know, I mean, I, I go to the example that I'll go with Drag Race is... Um, Oh God! Now I'm forgetting her name, but she was she was the the Grudge girl. Oh Yuha Hamasaki. Oh Yuha Hamasaki. Yeah, like a brilliant way to show up to the finale because it's memorable, and you know no one else is gonna look remotely like it. And and it's like she didn't have much else to talk about at that reunion, so you might as well show up and sure. steal the reunion. So God bless right. her. Yeah. Um, you know, I this is maybe less about the look, but just another thing I wanted to talk about was Jade. Um, I, I appreciate it. Like there was a lot of tension in the first half of the last supper. And I feel mm. like it was kind of what a lot of the preview at the beginning of the episode was promising and, or, you know, suggesting was going to happen. And, you know, all of the, the Siggy and Mary and Coco and Zava and all that. But then when it got to the, to the Jade segment, and I feel like it could have turned into another round of that between Betty and Mary and Jade. And I, I think again, much like just being, you know, real about things. I appreciated that Jade was so honest and was like, you know, I fucked up and I put my foot in my mouth and I started backtracking and you guys are totally, you know, valid to feel how you do. And like, I'm sorry. And like, didn't try to wriggle out of anything. And then just kind of gave the lar larger picture of like, this is what I'm dealing with. And and I, you know, I, I understood her concern of like, I don't want to be remembered for just have not handling myself well during the season. Oh, God, that but was I, I, real. That, that was, was real. real. That was so real. And I thought like the flip of it is I, I, I would remember Jade for like, not how poorly she handled her mental health, but like how honestly she handled it, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I will remember Jade for the really, really adorable friendship she had with Betty and not necessarily the fight that she had with Betty. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't resonate as much. And I think really what I what I think about is obviously, of course, you're dealing with her cat and all of that. I mean, there's mm. I only have sympathy for Jade. And I think the other thing that, you know, in this moment in the reunion, I think her being this honest and like not giving into any conflict, which, you know, uh, especially considering Drag Race, I feel like if we looked back at her reunion, I'm sure she had some moments. I think she broke the tension in the room and like the rest of the reunion was much more mm. lighthearted. Yeah, I think, uh, yes. And I think that the Boulets kind of brought it there. Didn't they go to like fan questions after that and yeah, talk about and the it, exterminations? I mean, fan questions in quotes because right, fans right. did are... not see this show. Uh, right, <laughs> right, exactly. Right. I love that. It's like fan questions is just yeah. so that the production can ask anything they want and blame it on Susie from yeah. Sioux Falls, you know? Sherry from the UK. Yeah, Sherry from the UK. The UK doesn't get shudder. No. <laughs> No, they probably I don't know do. if that's true. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I don't um, think that's true. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Anyway, uh yeah, I I, I appreciated kind of how open Jade was, uh certainly. Um I, I, even just the way that 
I think it started with that question that I think it was Swan that asked her, like, how was this? How did this compare to your other reality show experience? And Jade was like, well, I didn't have mental stability either times. And I was just like, ah, oh, God. Yeah. Like that's 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 super real. Like there wasn't yeah. anything uh the things that Betty was kind of critiquing her for during the season, I think Jade came back very real and did not do that, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I I think it was uh it was a nice way to conclude all of that. And I think, yeah, I mean I I this is the kind of, you know, uh we hear lots of coming out stories. We hear lots of, you know, dealing with, you know, growing up gay and self-image and whatnot. And I feel like more and more of those stories, great, but like along the way, normalizing mental health as well, because that's like mental health issues are usually pretty much <laughs> uh, prevalent. Uh, like chances are if someone's dealing with a bad home life, they're probably not, you know, feeling sunshine and rainbows every day at the mere least, you know, at the, at the least. So I like seeing like the normalization of mental health talk on these shows. Well, and to quote Coco to kind of uh, wrap up our uh, final supper discussion, Coco, you know, had lots of words at the end, which I thought was it kind of summed up the season. But she said, you know, when everybody sees this, it's going to give you that platform to open up and have the whole world relate to you. I feel like that's the type of openness that this community needs that it hasn't got enough of thus far. There are other shows like this that have had hella episodes and covered less ground than we have in four seasons. And it's and it it's great. It, uh, she kind of named it right out and uh, kind of talking about mental health and telling those stories and the stories of why I'm dressing up like a fucking monster because I feel like a monster when I walk into a room. Like all of those kind of sentiments, uh, even just recapping these seasons from season two since season two. Um, yeah, I just feel like our discussions about how we relate to these monsters is so rich. When we talk about Dragula versus doing Drag Race, we obviously get a lot out of Drag Race, but there's something, yeah, it goes in new places when we talk about Dragula. So, um, oh, now I'm sad that it's over. Now we have to go back to talking about stupid things. No, just kidding. Um, well, let's. Um, wow, Bob, you must really hate RuPaul's Drag Race. That's a very accurate uh, quote, since I do sound like Bob. Um, Bob the well, Nodes pre Queen. Yeah. Pre-surgery. 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 Um, pre-surgery. Yeah. I'm Bob the Drag Queen. Um, <laughs> My name is Bob the Drag Queen. My Listen, name Mary, is Bob the Drag Queen. Mm -hmm. the, the episode for this finale opened up um, very differently than I was expecting. It had all of these kind of oh like my artsy shots, close-up, pensive, <clears throat> top four. Uh, we got the winner's shot of Dolly at the end, which was a little Easter egg. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to admit how much I loved this video. I don't want to admit it. I like it was so on the nose of what I like that I don't want to admit it. Oh, it was wow. so like I want to like be cool and say, "Man, they're taking it really seriously." Get back in the studio. <laughs> I want to be. Oh, that I guy. appreciated the production. No, yeah. no, no, I know, I, but I actually really did love it. Was like the production of it, but also like let's just see these as four people. You know what I mean? And like, mm. it was a lot of like moments and face journeys, but I love that stuff. So I can't be flipping about it, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, it's, I, it brings me to top model and towards the end of top model, they started doing these, um, instead of like photo shoots towards the end of the cycles, they would do these like video montages 
that would like tell a story oh. and it, it it's just interesting that that's a skill here that these yeah. that these monsters are you know these people uh have to look pensive while looking at you know a um, Ferris wheel or, you know? a, or a slightly Asian area of town. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I, it was just like, oh, I, God, I, I just, I didn't, I know there was a part of it was like, you know, let's show Siggy going into a women's bathroom. You know? <laughs> no, I was going to say, I was going to say, like, is she going to change out, you know, like her stockings or something? Mm -hmm. What are we going to see here? Buying um, tampons. Yeah. yeah, right. Something. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> you know, I think it was Saint who like, I think Saint was leaving the the studio and coming down the stairs. I don't know where Dolly was. Dolly was looking at the Ferris wheel. Was that Dolly? Yeah. Dolly was at the um, the amusement park. Yeah. I was glad to see, you know, that they were on different locations. Again, it was just an interesting way to start the episode. And they put it to a serious note. Like, you know, yeah. they didn't do the camp that they've been doing all season. But you could watch this and laugh. Like, th you there could. is that other perspective. Well, and that's, what it, that's the thing. And I think that's why I'm trying to be that, like, trying to be in with those cool kids. Because I feel like there's an audience of Dragula that's watching this. And they're like... What is this, you know, emo bullshit? But like, oh, but I, there are some e the emo bullshit people love. Well, I know, and like, yeah. I, but I and I didn't even think it was cringy. Like, I didn't even think there were moments where I was like, oh, that hit my teeth the wrong way. Like, it oh, just yeah. no. worked. The editing was good. The song was a good choice. None of the four looked like they were being schmacty. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I see. I, I just, see. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. I loved it. Yeah, uh, I could see a little bit of schmackiness in some of them, but oof, you know, oof, only some cool. moments. Yeah, and not not because it was their fault, but because it was like, oh, okay, what? Okay, you're gonna shoot me looking at this. I know. There's that moment of you it. you can see the direction a little bit. I know. I know. Yeah, that's um, it. you know, but I um, I, but I, I, I did appreciate it. I did yeah. appreciate it. But like you know, worth mentioning that we didn't really talk about with the the reunion but you know we do have a top four not a top three uh -huh. and it does remind me of when louise found the pumpkin oh. and it what it made me think uh. about and this is a weird but what it made me think about is talk about things that you don't want to admit to weird things that you get like weirdly emotional about like things you're like I would never admit to anybody that I get teary-eyed that louise found the pumpkin and didn't win you know what I mean oh. like on Great British Bake Off, there's uh, one season. It's the one I can't remember her name, but um, in Paul's Bread Lion. You can look up Paul's Bread Lion. I cried when I saw Paul's Bread Lion. Oh my god! And it's like I can't believe I'm crying about bread, but um, it just it's if you see it like in context, it's like oh my god, this is so beautiful. And so I, do you have any of those of like I would never tell anybody about this, but this always chokes me up. Oh, I'm a little bit more open about those things, I guess. Like, well, I, like last night, last night I watched Noel on Disney Plus, uh, that movie with Anna Kendricks and Bill Hader, and oh, Julie Haggerty's in it, Mary. Oh, I love and her. Billy Eichner. Um, oh, it's uh, it's like a Christmas movie. It it's very sappy, but I cried. Um, and you know what, I. I don't care. <laughs> Wait, Shirley MacLaine's in it? You didn't even say yes. Shirley MacLaine's in it? Oh, my God, of it? course. Yeah, she's the elf. She's the Aunt Elf. Yeah. All it's right. It's so great. It's so great. 
Um, All right, I'll check. But that I don't. Out. I don't think it's for you, Mary. But um, I love it. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, I've got. You know, I've got like a day left to watch a Christmas movie, so maybe that'll be it. Um, I did cry. <clears throat> you know, you know, I'm. You know, I, I'm. I'm going to be open and admit my my new obsession with the Real Housewives. But I watched that. Like, oh, there was an Ultimate Girls trip where they send like seven of them to Turks and Caicos. And I thought this is going to be easy peasy fun. And I cried on the last episode of that because Kenya gave Teresa her trip. It made me cry. And I got to tell you, I, I was thinking about it. I was like, why is this making me cry? And I thought, is this me channeling my emotions about the chaos of the world outside into to Teresa Judice winning a, a trip to Turks and Caicos? Is that why I'm crying? Probably. I teared up when Dolly was talking about, you know, it's me against the world and that they don't deserve anything good for them or anything good to happen to them. And like, I, that's a real thing to cry about. Oh my not, God. Not oh, a real housewives a, moment. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I, I'm just bringing it back to the show and Please. it was, it was so real. And, and it is such a speaking of Coco's like openness, like that's not something that all reality shows share and let alone something that people on reality shows in a competition would share. Mm. That's deep as fuck. But thank God she did share that. But that makes me think of, you know, is where are those moments on Drag Race where shit gets really real? And I think the one that always comes to mind right away I is know, season seven uh -huh. with, with Katya and, yep. and Miss Fame. But it really is like it really feels like, oh, this got real for a second. Like. This is like, and you're talking about real shit, and this isn't just like, you know, I'm afraid I'm not good enough for this competition. Like, this is so much outside of the competition. And I think, um, you know, what's interesting is that, like, would I want Drag Race to get real and like dark like that every episode? Probably not, because we all no. have so much fun with it. Yeah, but what was it? Uh, I'm thinking of season five when they had to pretend to cry. And oh, my other favorite one when Detox was like, sorry, this is getting real for a moment. Yeah, I yeah. love that moment. Yeah, it was but great. I love it because it doesn't happen that often. Right. Um, but I think with Dragula, I, I guess I come to expect, like I go in with this notion of like, and I say this with love, but like we got some fucked up people here. Like bring uh -huh. it on. Like bring out your monsters, you know? Yeah. Papa Xanax um, every 20 minutes. Papa Xanax yeah. every 20 minutes. Please welcome to the stage. And so like there's more room in my mind for people to like go to those places because they're going to those places on the floor show, you know? Mm, totally. <clears throat> and they, yeah, in many ways they do go to those places. I feel like this season more so than past seasons did it become really personal on the floor shows. Yeah, this would be interesting to watch in comparison to season two of even with the editing, because I feel like if maybe my memory is is not old Grey Mary, which she used to be, but I feel like past seasons, the editing could sometimes not, it would be hard to get a full you know appreciation for the look, It'd be like maybe too many tight shots or too many quick cuts, whereas I feel like this season there was more of a focus on making sure you saw everything, you know? I feel like that's true towards the end of this season, but I remember critiquing this season specifically because I wasn't, it was too dark or I wasn't getting mm, enough yeah. of the looks yeah. at the start of the season. I, I felt that. like back yeah. in season two, we were seeing more. Mm, you have to take a look. Um, I mean, it's funny because then when I say that, I think I can remember bitch puddings, you know, uh, alien waitress head to toe. So, Oh, I know. Um, I know. Mary. Ugh. Well, I mean, you know, and it's hey, like, Fred. Hey Fred. I mean, 
the fact that like that comes back to me immediately and uh-huh. and I guess you know I, I'm so excited to move into talking about these floor shows because I feel like there's only one that I will go back to for the rest of my life I think <laughs> oh interesting well I do want to before we talk about the floor shows we should talk about this podcast segment and Mary, a real please, podcast interview yeah <laughs> please welcome to the stage Ian DeVoclair. <laughs> sure. Giving you supervising producer realness. Can you imagine having a supervising producer? Oh. Someone who sits there and Googles things when you can't, when you don't know what Noel is, you know? Oh when my you God. don't even when, know Shirley MacLaine's uh, in it, you know? I, first of all, I just want to say two things. First thing I want to say is I fucking love queer people having boss ass jobs like faggoty fairies being the master of their craft, making art, changing culture. Like I just think, ugh. like, yes, Ian, work. You better work, girl, whatever all those phrases. The second thing I want to say is Ian was introduced as curious, corruptible lover of all boys corpulent. And I'm like, oh, so Ian wouldn't be mean to me at a club. (laughs) No, I think once you break that down ian ian likes uh you know uh he likes his t-bones meaty yeah a yeah. little fatty <laughs> sure a little fat on the meat gives it flavor i think we all know that yeah, likes a little bit of a belly so yeah, anyway I, yeah. I i love pork that. belly is considered a delicacy you know <laughs> i love that and i love that somebody like that is a producer at, you know at that level i just think that's cool yeah, I um a producer and I think also does other things with the show as well. So it's like, oh, you're just like in this world producing mm. their podcast, working on the show, like Yeah. Ugh. No, it would be a very interesting guest on All Right Mary, I think. Um Yeah, of like somebody who is like seeing that side of putting the show together. Like yeah. every time Culture, like when, right? Yeah, yeah, and like every time in the in the reunion, like when they cut back and they show, for example, the the one you know PA or whoever telling Mary no Sigourney is the team leader like right. seeing those details like oh I just get so <laughs> excited I'm like whoa let me see that again it's like seeing you know somebody's balls you know what I mean like in their shorts like oh I saw it I saw yeah, that I saw thing it. and so yeah Ian would be someone who'd be I'd love to talk to about like the balls of Dragula yeah oh proverbially yeah Yes. Um, yeah, we got four uh, really great interviews, I thought. Um, I, I loved Saint um, talking about their drag being a love letter to the childhood they never had. Like, I just think that's an important reminder, especially before the floor shows, because it just informed so much of everything. Not to mention Saint's uh, Selma Bouvier voice that he kept oh, putting on. I'll, I mean, obviously, I feel very much Hello. represented by Saint. Uh, you can sound like this on a podcast. Hello. <laughs> um, I, I mean, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. I love like I love Saint's instinct to go to that character. That makes perfect sense to me. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, and Sigourney, I just thought this was a fascinating discussion, but it was the the most fascinating was Swan starting the, the discussion and Drac just kind of be like, what, 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 what's the question? Oh, I lo- I wrote that down. Is this a question or a statement? And the way she turns while she says it, I thought that it was just, she's like, just ask your question, honey. Like, I just thought that was so funny. Ugh. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh God. Because we're not here to educate you. It's like, okay, I know, just ask the question. <laughs> we know. I love uh, that. Yeah. And I don't know. Uh, 
using Sigourney's interview uh, to kind of discuss the diversity of the top four, but then also the diversity that uh, Dragula as a platform wants to promote, I think is, you know, just an interesting thing to remember that even before, I know that they were critiqued after season two or something about, you know, not having a diverse enough uh, platform, but they clap back. They're like, look, we've been doing shows. We haven't had the applicants, but like we've been doing Dragula way before the television show. And it has always been multiple forms of drag. Um, so I just appreciated that they're continuing to comment on the drag being a bunch of different styles, art being subjective, all of those things. Well, and I guess when you look at this top four, I mean, they really, and I don't think this was manufactured, but I I don't think you could find a better response to diversity on Dracula than the top four of season four. You know? Sure. I mean, it's just yeah. like, it's practically Captain Planet. You got earth, wind, fire, and air. You know what I mean? Mm. Or maybe water, because you already got winds. So you don't want to have air. Yeah. Oh, oh, I, okay. Um, and heart. <laughs> where's heart? You know what I mean? Heart. That's Betty with the heart dress. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also appreciated Hoso's interview. Um, just the idea, being able to talk about their filth look, I thought was mm. really, really, really cool and important. And the fact that Ian was also kind of there, um, and it wasn't just like two white people talking to Hoso about this, you know. Well, I think this was all also a really great use of this segment that, uh, you know, we have also we've seen we've seen people interviewed for a quote unquote podcast uh -huh. on another show. And so I thought, well, I think I bet this is actually a segment on their podcast. And B, um, this was instead of doing a like, so tell us why you should win and just focusing on that. It was like, actually, let's get a little context for the show we're about to see, because I yeah. think. Definitely for Hosos, but I, you know, maybe for all of them, I appreciated the context that I had and it didn't take away from the surprise factor. Like, I think for Hosos, I think, you know, especially for Hosos' filth look, I, I, I liked it more because I knew the approach going into it, you know, and while there is that thing about if you have to explain it to me, then, then the work, then the look doesn't work what I think of is going back to drag as art. Sometimes you look at art and then you read the little description on the wall and then you look at the art again. And you're like, Oh, I appreciate it so much more now. Oh yeah. You oh, know, totally, totally. That happens all the time. And some people walk through museums without doing that. They still, you know, can feel something they can, you know, they're, they, they can use their own thoughts and their own kind of vocabulary. Um, and I feel like with that filth look, like just having that discussion, um, it was almost like calling out any haters before they tried to hate on it, you know? Yeah. Uh, for, yeah. For, mm -hmm. for, for making oh. them feel uncomfortable. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Well, no, that's a great point is that the Boulets talked about that where, like, you know, people are so afraid to, like, even go there because it's not, quote, unquote, PC. Mm. And what's so crazy to me is, like, it's like, wait, because, you know— white people are telling Hoso that she can't do this look is what they're saying. You know what sure. I mean? Yes. Like, let's be real. Like, that's yeah. what it is because I'm like, well, it, can't Hoso do whatever the fuck she wants? And she's like making a statement about her own culture. Like, 
I don't understand where anyone in has a, a category p- called filth. Filth, right? Brilliant. Right. Brilliant. That's what I'm. I'm like, this is so stupid that people would not like people who don't get this are dumb. Is there a category for dumb? Oh my because god, there are dumb that. people that watch this show, and we've the fandom. We we've been discussing this for years, but people are fucking dumb. And yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm glam, sorry. filth, hard, dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. And, you know, it's as brilliant as and I can't wait to talk about Dolly's filth look because it it's very real uh, voyeurism. Oh, and oh I, my God. We will talk about it in just a few minutes. Oh. But with Hoso here, just being able to name it like, oh, yeah, well, you know, especially now, a lot of Asians faced lots of hatred. So this is what I'm going to do. And it's ugly and it's ridiculous and it's going to make people feel something, which is what filth does. God, it was so smart and so powerful, you know, and I I also don't love when drag is quote unquote powerful because I'm like, I'm supposed to feel like this is powerful. But Mm. there was it was also horrifying. Like it wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to be quiet and sit here while there's, you know. Um, Yoko Ono is screaming into a microphone. Sure. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's like drag can be powerful if it earns it. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, yeah, I think totally. there's also that of like, earn the moment, earn the tears, earn the asses, earn the dollars. Like, and I think, it, but I know what you mean of like, don't come out here and be like, um, read the thing on the wall. It says it's important. <laughs> you know, that sign just says important on it. I, and I, I didn't get that. Cause I also feel like what I loved about Hoso is that she was going to places that would be considered irreverent. Like I'm going to make uh-huh. a whole look out of my cancer and I'm going to make yeah. a whole look at about racism. Like I'm, and I'm going to like, I'm going to be loud about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I think, uh, yeah, it was, it was great. I really, I mean, I said it before, I'll say it again. I, I think this really at the end of this competition it came down to Hoso and Dolly. Totally. You know, you know, Hoso's filth look and then even her horror look. The one thing that I, I wonder about is and also praise. So let that be known is I don't think the audience, if this was live, I don't think that they would really know what the quote unquote appropriate reaction is like like Hoso comes out and does all these racist stereotypes is the audience mostly probably white people supposed to say yes oh my word Woo. like what, are they supposed to throw dollars like what are yeah i love i don't know i love yeah. that it's just like you know Hoso comes out and starts reading from her chemo journal and breaking down like what is right. the audience doing right i love that when I do you crack that. your fan open you know what i mean like what's What's the reaction? Do you get up and go get a drink, you know? Like, are Absolutely. you supposed to talk? Like, are you supposed to film this? Like, there's so much that's brilliant because it's turning everything back onto the audience in Hoso's drag. And that's also what Dolly did in their filth look, which I also really appreciated. Um, and we'll get to that. But I, I, at once, it's wrong, and it is exactly right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Well, speaking of filth, I've I have bit my tongue long enough. I want to talk about Saints Filth Floor Show. Oh. I think it is like it's you know, I think about resurrection and I think about Saints Ghost. Saints Ghost, Mozart's Ghost. And I think of the Mozart's Im- Ghost. Saints yeah. Ghost. I think of the impact of Saints Ghost. Now fucking scary it was. Yeah. And 
then oh to come out and i was like she comes out looks amazing i don't oh know God. what's impeccable. gonna happen impeccable there's a spade on her dress there's a spade on her like, dress oh my god and i was like uh-oh a little too glamorous and then you know the the gloves and i was like oh what is she doing with the gloves and it did not occur to me that that was a litter box until she did the shake that all cat owners know. Uh-huh. You know, we all love to watch our cat's craps shake around the the, the claw, um, the spoon. And then scoop. she eats the scoop, if you will. Uh, and then, yeah, the poop on the scoop. She eats it. She eats the poop and then she feasts on it. And the whole time I'm screaming and I'm oh, turning God, away. Disgusting. And I'm yeah, like, she's was, eating I the poop. She's eating it. I she's, was dry heaving. Uh, it was disgusting. It was, she's it was so feasting. Gross. It was incredible. Oh. I, they, they, I will throw so much money to watch this woman eat poop. I like, the, you know what? Hated it and I loved it. The juxtaposition of her looking so perfect and doing this is a different impact of when we also gagged when Bitch Pudding did something like this. Yeah, you know? when she drank the, the oh, janitor water. Yeah, I mean, I'm grossed out. And it it's different to watch this glamorous suburban housewife do this. And yes. I just want to just recognize a layer here because a very iconic drag queen in a very iconic queer drag movie Pink Flamingos ends with her e- actually eating dog shit yeah and yeah. divine and I like I, I can't help but feel like there's a parallel here it's a black suburban glamorous suburbanite drag queen doing it to cats in the litter box like the, yeah. I, there's a parallel there that I I can't unsee and I appreciate so much. She is kind of taking this like white 50s housewife like concept of I'm home, I'm cleaning up after the cat, uh-huh. I'm wearing this dress, <laughs> yeah. I'm wearing my heels. Yeah. She's taking that that illusion and then it's like the the fact that the dress is like latex and there's the fetish quality of that and the and the mm. gloves and there's that like uh, okay and like gloves, all yeah. the yeah the fisting gloves and you're like, "Oh, so all, so the look starts to just turn like as it's like before she even eats the shit you're like oh oh this is (laughs) not what i thought it was and then and even how she like and i to be honest i couldn't watch it i had to look away many times but like she like regards that little turd and she's like yeah i'm gonna eat this poop and then it's like don't do it don't do it don't you do it don't you do it and then she goes nuts and i i just like I will always like Saint like the impact. I will always give that to her. I will always talk about when Saint ate cat poop. Like I I think uh, that, I, I fancy agree. Fancy feast, you know? I, and the second the second thing I will remember is the way that she billows her skirt when she kneels. That's high drag. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh mm-hmm. uh, my god. Anyway. Oh, I I loved it. I just but, congratulations. Yes, con- congratulations. Let's let's back up. Let's talk about glamour looks, um, which I you know, were great. Uh, I didn't have much to say about them. Um, I yeah. think I love dollies the most. Um, I was getting like a creepy madam, but also gorgeous androgynous. I thought the 
details in Dolly's mouth that they showed. I, I didn't see the details in Sigourney's. I don't think they showed them as much as Dolly's, but were perfect. Just even the inhales and the, the, the yeah. pops in the vocals. Um, and then Dolly pouring the drink and taking the HIV pill, right? Like uh, during the instrumental break. Like having that still be a performance um, was powerful for me. Yeah, I think Dolly was really the star of Glamour. I mean, I think really what stood out to me was what the Boulets pointed out was like, Siggy, like this was your moment. Like yeah. you have you have been the Glamour queen all season, if not all franchise. And like this wasn't as big as I think anyone would have expected from her. And it was, you know, I have to say what it just not to jump the gun on all the looks, but I really felt like this was consistent for me was you know, there's that one season, Project Runway, with Michael Knight, where he kills it all season, oh. and then his final, like, you know, fa- oh show, it just example. bombs. It just bombs, and it just does not work. And it was like, Michael, you were, rest in peace, Michael, you were doing so well. And I just, to me, honestly, it was the same thing with Siggy, where it was like, uh, it was, and maybe it wasn't so much that, like, was doing so well and then failed me. It was like, oh, but you, this was your chance this was the chance you were being handed to to kind of say, look, I can do filth. Look, I can do horror. And it was glamour plus. It was glamour plus filth. It was glamour plus horror, you know? You know, I was kind of set up for this because in her podcast interview, she did say, like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I know. I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. I thought you're not going to win when you tell them I'm going to do what I want to do, you know? Yeah, because, yeah, she did want to keep Glamour throughout, which I really love that she did that. Similar to how Hoso kind of keeps the same type of makeup, like Dolly. You know, there's that, it's it's okay to have a thread. And I appreciated that she was like, well, I'm going to show you filth through Glamour, or I'm going to show you horror through Glamour, right? Um, I, I was excited to see that. And when she got to the Glamour look, I was like, what else? Yeah, that's it wasn't that she looked bad. She looked gorgeous. It was just what else? I mean, that's the thing, like all 12 looks that we just saw. Everything's amazing. You know what I mean? 12. Am I doing the math right? Yeah, all four of them did three. Correct. Um, Yeah. All of them were technically amazing. Incredible makeup. You know, all of them were like way more than I could ever do. Mm -hmm. I want to say that I really loved Hoso's glamour look. It was a side of Hoso that I don't think we've seen before. Um, and I loved, they called this out in the deliberation, um, but they loved the hair detail and I couldn't agree more. It was just like a little detail that you weren't expecting. She was smoking that cigarette. I, it was, that was like second for me after Dolly's. Yeah. And I think it was also the fact that like, oh, there is some softening of the makeup. It's still the same Hoso, mm-hmm. but it's not yeah. as much of a teratoma. Yeah. Uh, Dolly's Bishop look. I... I thought this was gross. I thought it was really scary. Um, I it, it reminded me of a movie, you know, a horror movie. Yeah. I, it was weird yeah. that they were like, oh, this is too PG-13. I'm like, okay, like, I, I guess they're right. I guess they're right. It wasn't like Landon Sider chopping up Dorothy. Right. Yeah. I mean, I... I, I could think of things that the, things that Dolly could have done, and I won't even say them because I think they'll, they'll kind of ruin the conversation, but you could imagine. There's things you could do if you're 
if you want to do some, you know, blasphemous look about the church or whatever, uh -huh. there's some real fucked up priest stuff you could do. Um, you know, you could, you, there's some, you know, a chastity, you could do some fucked up thing with like a caged cock. You know what I mean? Like you could go there, but I think that it might have taken away from this overall character. Like, I think if, if there was this shocking moment, I think it would have taken away from the overall, like, this is enough. Like, this is scary enough for me. Yeah, you know? it was really scary. It was like, uh, I thought it was so scary. Yeah. Saint, um, I, we're, I, I'm not comparing Saint to this next queen, but it reminded me of Charity Case's Tooth Fairy look. But Saints was much darker. I I loved it. I thought it was this was other than the the filth look. I think this was Saints. You know, uh, one of her shining moments. And and it was funny because it kind of reminded me of Resurrection, where it was like there was the details were so thoughtful that they it was very detailed, but it wasn't this like. Oh, it wasn't like a hoso look. It wasn't head to toe. Yeah. You know what it I mean? It didn't look like there was money. You know, it looked right. like it was it was scrounged together in the backyard, which I also loved so much about that ghost look. Yeah, um, but like part of that's almost what makes it creepy is yes. that kind of like, oh, this is it, it's like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre quality. You know? Yeah, and I didn't. It's not like I saw that she made it out of hangers and you know. Pl no, plastic yeah, and whatever. Right. I didn't see that. I, right. I, it was it was great. The one thing I will note that I think is interesting is we've seen teeth around the mouth and the eyes twice already this season. Oh, with Hoso, that's right. I mean, with Hoso and with uh, the killer clown in Dolly as Sweet Tooth. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's that's getting to become the. The thing, it's like, you know, what are the tropes of Dracula? Tooth <laughs> stuff. If you're doing tooth stuff, we've had but enough club kid shoes and yeah. teeth on your face. Uh, yeah, Sigourney, the mad scientist. Okay. I think, first of all, I love a glove reveal. Everybody knows this. I'm like, there's nothing more fabulous than a glove reveal, which mm -hmm. I was just so happy she got to do this. I thought... This was, it's interesting if you perceive the mad scientist as the transformation was, the reveal is, Mary, a woman. The reveal is her body. The reveal is glamour. The reveal is gigantic tits and a slutty outfit. The reveal is this, like, the the horror that it's a woman underneath. It's a woman. Um <laughs> Well, and I also love that there's this idea that she's, you know, uh, whatever whatever concoction she's come up with is, you know, uh, having a, a side effect. And so instead of being this beautiful vamp of a woman that maybe some of this, you know, mad scientist uh, concoction had some part of, now her face is peeling off. Like, I love that there's a narrative there that, like, she's a woman and like, okay, maybe that's what's scary. And then there's her own personal hell of like, I tried to be beautiful through science and it turned on me. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, that no, that's certainly interesting. The reality is, Mary, is that after she kind of rubbed the blood around her face, it kind of looked like she just got done in a studio painting with a white smock on and got it all over her face. It didn't look like... Um real violence i guess or real injury like i think yeah uh what i wanted was to see like a very realistic like oh god you just peeled half your face off you know yeah i was expecting more more of a reveal on the the face peeling to be honest yeah 
Yeah, I like the concept, but it was like, you know, I mean, I guess that's probably true for all of her looks. Is take yeah, for this floor show is like take it further, take it further. Yeah, um, it didn't. It just didn't give me horror. I know that they praised it, and I, I don't know. I I didn't get that. Um, yeah. This yeah. was probably the weakest look of all the floor shows. Hoso's ivy drip cancer gown. This to me is like, all right, now we're in performance art. The fact that they showed Hoso reading from the chemo diary and then breaking down. Um, this was very personal. It was a, it's a connection of the artist with the audience. And it, it was just a very, very different tone than the rest of the show. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's I, I think it's the kind of performance that it almost was like, oh, this. I almost would have liked to just spend more time with this alone versus kind of montage. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? Like, I think this was more of an in the details kind of thing um, than like an over the top performance. But I thought it was great. You know, it's funny. Drac kind of offhanded says, "Well, we've seen the multiple faces before," mm. and I think it's it's fair to say that like because I think this is a look that like someone could say, oh, I feel bad criticizing this because it's so personal and because, you know, it, how do I criticize somebody's look about their cancer, you know? But I think if we're going to talk about lots of teeth, if we're going to talk about things we've seen from Siggy before, sure, you know, I think it's fair to say that that effect was not as, as effective for me because I had seen it before a few weeks earlier. Sure. Yeah. It was, it was a part of the horror. It wasn't, as real as everything else in their look. Does that make sense? Yeah, right, right. There was sort of a, a body horror about everything else, and then that kind of went to this like whole other world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it almost didn't fit. I will say that I thought, and I, I haven't said this before, because um, I know that it's like between Dolly or Hoso. I feel like Hoso had the strongest floor shows um, because they were so artistic and meaningful. It's just another form of drag represented on TV, thank God. And I understand why they didn't pick Hoso. Um, for Filth, we we talked about Saint's kitty litter shit eating, um, looking impeccable. Delicious. Um, Sigourney, they they were saying that this is the the glamour gown. I I this is the thing. I totally got how gross this was, popping zits and then eating them and all of that mucus and stuff. Like it was gross. I. As we've said before, it could have gone a little further um, to create more juxtaposition with her look. And it reminds me of Kristen Wiig's pinup character on SNL. You know, just oh, being this, she's like, like really disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, but she's like talking about farting and shit. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Because she, she's like, oh, yeah. And then I'm going to bend over and then I'm going to have diarrhea everywhere. Yeah. 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 I feel like Sigourney could have done way more to juxtapose juxtapose how gorgeous she looked i mean that to me felt like the assignment was like no you don't have to like make yourself uh quote unquote ugly whatever that means but like how filthy can you get and to me especially having just seen the horror which was other another like other oh, stuff on my face it was a little bit of the yeah. same gag as well yes and so and it was small. It was a small, it, it wasn't a big moment. I mean, Dolly is literally like has, has a set, you know what I mean? Right. And like, you just have like some latex on your face that like oozes goo. And it's just, it, it's just not enough in comparison. Yeah. 
Yeah, in comparison, right? It would. I don't get me wrong. If if Sigourney came out and did this live, I would. It would be disgusting, and I would clap and cheer. Like it would be so gross. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is just about who should win based on this floor show. Yeah, yeah. And Hoso, I think we talked about um, Hoso's filth enough. Do you yeah. have anything more to no, add? No, I think we. I think we covered all of that. Yeah. Dolly's um, filth was brilliant in a similar way because it turned the filth onto the audience. And this kind of brings up the elephant in the room. Um, I just think of people sitting there watching and being entertained by someone's demise, someone's privacy, someone's sick habits, someone's pain, someone's life, someone's secrets. Um, I, it, it, I just thought it was so brilliant that Dolly's filth look was about the twisted filthiness of voyeurism. And I think, you know, just this this character, I mean, just this person who comes out, even before he's, you know, auto-asphyxiating himself, you know, in some dingy bedroom, just coming out and, like, you know, looking like this this sewer rat of a clown. I uh-huh. mean, just the way yeah. he was moving his jaw and just, like, the look in his eye, it was... It was those details that I think took it over the edge for me because I think without that, you know, acting, for lack of a better word, I think it could have been easy to be like, oh, look at the gag, he's jerking off, which there is a a story to, but I think the setup was so important for us to see who is this person? Who Uh is this sad sack that we're now going to watch jerk off, you know? And die. And die. And what I also, what I love about that is, A, we do get to see quite a view of him but then the second half of the performance we don't see him and i thought about just like the autonomy of voyeurism and how we are you know or the anonymity excuse me but i guess there's autonomy as well the anonymity of voyeurism and we are anonymous but so are the people that we're watching and there's Uh that sense of like you don't know the sick fuck that you're watching right now you know and that's so fucked up you know yeah i mean it's interesting because i go to the place of we're the sick fucks that well we all are we're watching but i just i love also the implication of like look what you just came to you know what i mean it's like um the lights go on and it's like oh my god you know what i mean like oh i see you know i didn't go there i didn't go there that i was coming that i was turned on by this oh i mean i guess i'm just thinking voyeurism is you know as a fetish like i love the idea that like there's there's something about the end of it that i felt like oh there's some kind of I don't know, post nut clarity of like, oh God, what did I, what did I, the filthy individual just get pleasure from watching, you know? Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of kind of what's going on with the controversy around Dolly and how it, people are just so thirsty. They're so thirsty to, to. Where's that dumb category? Where's that dumb category of people? Like that, which all has been debunked. The person themselves retracted it on Reddit. Like it's all all not real that I'm not even going to get into it. Yeah, I don't want to get into it or give it too much space. But it's just so interesting that this was Dolly's final look and or final uh, performance. And and yet it's so true. People are getting off on someone's demise. People are like the. There was nothing, nothing factual. Everything was gray. Um, even def- even saying like, ah, I'm not going to get into it. There was someone that blocked me on Instagram because I was like, yeah, I don't have enough facts yet. Like the fact that that's happening is wild to me. Would they wanted your opinion on it and you were like, I don't have enough info and they blocked you? Yes. 
Well, lucky you. You don't have to. I know. In your life. I know. No, for sure. Oh God. For it's sure. Just, it's so. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like. Sure enough, none of it was real, so I guess it makes sense to reserve judgment until you have all the facts. <laughs> just um, like I, I guess you weren't such a fucking idiot, were you? You know. <laughs> yeah, I just think that the that people are so thirsty to watch someone's demise that it, uh, you know, and we've talked about this on Only Mary's episodes, um, and that's why I found this also so compelling. Is we watched it from start to completion. And that's completion in terms of the orgasm and then the death. We will not stop watching. It's so wild to me. It's filthy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, uh, yeah, there's a whole Only Married discussion there about like, you know, voyeurism and, and its many forms and that it's not just the classic model of spying on your neighbor, but it's like watching someone get dragged on Twitter, you know, like Ugh. there's... Um, yeah, it's it's so easy to be a voyeur these days. Yeah, but like the pylons. Oh, yeah, and like just, what? It's a, hard what to a, watch. What you know, the things we're starting to develop fetishes for. You know, like in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, anyway, um, I thought it was interesting that they, you know, just to kind of start to wrap up our convo, but that they they didn't have a talk back with the final four after they just it, had a deliberation between the two of them. Yeah, and I feel like I remember this from past seasons that when Dragula gets to the end, it feels almost a little abrupt. That like, uh -huh. oh, okay, I guess that's it. I guess we're done. So yeah, yeah I, I felt that way as well. I was like, oh, there's no, you know, there's no final statement. You know, there's nothing. There's no chit chat. Um, but I guess there's nothing else for them to do or say. It's like, well, girl, we done it. You know, I, I want to just praise the final looks for the crowning, if you don't mind. Sure. Saint with that snakeskin bathing suit. I, it was so fucking hot. Dolly with the Beetlejuice dress and the black corset. Siggy with that eye patch and the purple hair. And Hoso with that black dress with the f floral fabric weaving in and out. I And the iconic face. I just, I was like, y'all were doing this for three seconds of footage. Right? I know. I know. I thought, oh, my God. Like, the, you know, the return on investment of all the work that those looks each took. Um, Gorgeous. Well, and I'm wondering, because, you know, rolling back just a, a second to the podcast interviews, and Dolly was talking about how after he watched Resurrection, ran to his room and cried, and then his roommates were like, wait, 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 you come back. And it was, wait, it was like, you didn't know filming that, that that's what they were doing. You know what I mean? Like, that Dolly didn't know that he was in that final shot at the end. And so I wonder, do they film these crownings, so to speak, with each of the top four, and then they find out during this episode? Mm, yes. I think that, that would make sense to me. Yeah. They, they do the blood, I think, to all of them. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming, is that they do the same model of, like, um, everybody goes through that. And then, so I guess it... it I guess it's worth it if you win. You know, that was what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, the carry at the prom crowning is just so, uh, just tickles Honoring me. It's so a fabulous. queen. Honoring a queen. Oh, yeah. You know, like, we should always be reminded of Carrie at the prom and Sissy Spacek as Carrie at the prom. That is, uh, yes. that is such yes. a performance. And so I love uh, that it gets its moment at the end of Dragula. Uh, so good. I'm sure it was 
you know um what what did what did they what did we learn in scream that it was uh um corn syrup with red oh, food dye that yeah. she was a whore just like her mother <laughs> um yeah, I think it's like corn, uh, it's like caro syrup and red food dye. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He says same thing they use for pig's blood and carry, right? He says that at the end. <laughs> um, Somebody's got an IMDB trivia. <laughs> are you making fun of me, Riz? No, I'm making fun of um, the guys in Scream. <laughs> Skeet Ulrich, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm making fun of Matthew Lillard. I hope he doesn't hear. Um, All right, Mary. I got to say this was a fabulous finale. Um, there are many memorable moments. How do you think it compared with season three and season two i think that it was i think that there is an element of danger and there's an element of like oh i don't know what these fuckos are gonna do mm. that was very present in season two and somewhat in season three there was a there was an unpredictable edge to it mm. i would say that this was maybe a bit a gentler season and i know that some of that was also intentional because like Maybe we just need, you know, maybe ghouls just need to have some fun, you know. Uh, but I, I had a good time with it. I, I think my. Obviously, it's so early, but like, I hope over time, or I'm curious to see over time what sticks with me when I think of season two. I think of Hey Fred. I think of Abora in that Wild West look. When I think of season three, I think of spiders all over my tits. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, like, you know, the things that stick, I think of Louise finding the pumpkin. And so mm -hmm. I wonder, I know that Saint eating cat poop, that Saint's fancy feast will stay with me forever. But I wonder what else from this season will then become kind of the like time capsule of this season. You know what I mean? Like, how do I remember it? What comes to mind immediately? You know, I got to say the Nosferatu at the beach party for me was just such a perfect episode mm. and i will never forget hoso and dolly oh, the top yeah. two in my opinion mm -hmm. um smearing blood in each other's faces and laughing so, i mean just they uh. were great they were great yeah i mean and there, there was a lot to love i i really loved bitter betty i loved the sweater dress i you know um that was important that was special uh yeah i had a great time i it was nice to meet mary cherry and you know get the Mary Cherry show for a few episodes. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I guess there's also the sense now of like, when I think of Dragula, the way I think of it differently from Drag Race is like, how are they going to top themselves next season? Mm. You know, how are they going to, because it feels like they do raise the bar each season. And so well, while we have season 14 coming in a couple weeks of Drag, drag Race, I'm like, eh, maybe they'll raise the bar, but I'm just kind of going in whatever. With Dragula, there's more of a like... All early days of drag race like oh my god what's gonna happen next you know yeah i i'm i hope they get really sick sick monsters next yeah. season. that was the thing that you know when we first <clears throat> met these monsters i was kind of like yeah they're not all that scary you know that's um, true that's true yeah i, I think we that I was our early take that. was that it was um th there was a lot of drag that was like oh yeah this is um this could work on a couple competition shows yeah yeah. I also, I will remember this season, the boulets and those opening sequences um, and just how beautifully they wove throughout the episode. Um, I thought it was really thoughtful. I liked all of the themes. I liked the challenges and how they related to their 
theme and the openings. Um, I just love that about the Boulets, that they that it is still a drag show through and through the whole yeah. time. Yeah. And I mean, and they are, you know, we didn't talk about this during the, the Last Supper, but I mean, they did those little kind of like commercial break rough footage moments. And I just I love mm. that as as bonkers and as high drag as they are, there's those moments of Drax saying the swan about the shoes. You're not even standing in them, you know, like just <laughs> while sorting her cards. Like it was just I I like that the Boulets somehow managed to put on this high drag show and be very down to earth at the same time, you know? Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, I, it feels good. It feels right. It feels more comfortable. Yeah. Well, another season in the can. In the coffin. In the coffin, if you will. I mean, we, uh, bing, bang, boom. We got Drag Race UK done. We got Dragula done. We got Dra- Canada, Canada done. Dra- Canada done. We're doing season eight right now on uh, Patreon um, if, you know, because we just can't get enough. So um, and then season 14 of Drag Drag Race is going to start in a couple weeks. So, like, you know, there's just no time to breathe. Well, Marys, if you have any thoughts on the finale of Dragula or the season as a whole, you can reach out to us at allrightmarypodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at allrightmary. Uh, you can also find us on the web at www.allrightmary.com or tasteofreality.com slash allright-mary. And if you want, I'm on Instagram at johnnyalso or Twitter at johnnyalso1. And if you want more of me, you can hear me on my other two podcasts in the details, A Celebration of Nuance or Best Supporting Podcast, A Celebration of Best Supporting Actresses. And you can find more of me on Twitter at Colin Drucker and Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And of course, you can get more of both of us, including the aforementioned discussion of season eight, which will then be followed by season three. We'll eventually check in on Drag Race Italia. We've got movies and TV shows and things that people have requested that we'll be talking about. It's a metric fuck ton, and it's all at patreon.com slash all right, Mary. All right, Mary, our last and final last chance floor show of the season goes to a song that I think could just be performed in a really dark way, similar to a lot of the songs that are featured on Dragula, where you're kind of like, oh, this is this is creepy, right? Um, this is Coco Rosie by your side which I think takes a very dark turn in, in its lyrics. Um, so you're hearing it right now. It's and, happening. Uh, you're loving it. And it's because we're always going to be by your side, Marys. <laughs> so stick around. I promise I won't sound like this eventually. And um, Totsies. Bye, Marys.
for a diamond ring. I do these kind of things. I'll scrub your floor. Never be a boy. I'd tuck you in. I do not snore. 